Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 243. Although this episode was recorded several weeks ago, the fact that it comes out today couldn't be more timely. It's all about clearing generational traumas and shifting consciousness, which is what we all desperately need in these times. On a final note, we discussed the importance of understanding the programming that you were brought up on and then deciding, does that still resonate with you? Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Isabel Hunt. Isabel, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live currently in Indianapolis, Indiana and have been for the last 10 years, but I'm originally from Germany. I moved here. 11 years ago. I used to live in New York and San Francisco and Dallas area. So I've been quite all over, um, but I ended up in, in the Midwest. Yeah. That's where you get stuck automatically. <laughs> and uh, what I've been doing, my background is in sociology and psychology. And I really have discovered, especially the the cultural barriers that have been that I had experienced coming here and the identity crisis that came with it. So right now I really um, have found that message about shattering cultural barriers through emotional awareness. Emotional awareness is my main focus of my work that I got really into over the last years, especially from a spiritual and philosophical perspective. And so over the last 10 years I have been working with people that I call empath warriors. They're the ones that usually highly, highly sensitive to things that are happening around them, but have this warrior energy that most of them don't know how to use. And um, I've been doing emotions clearing sessions with my clients. That has been a main part of my work. And right now I work on a documentary called The Power of Connection. So talk, can we talk a little bit about the emotional clearing? I have some background and experience with that, but I would love to even speak on it. Um, do you maybe even like trapped emotions and pain in the body? Can you give some background on what all that is? Yes, certainly. Um, for me, it started out because I have a gift that's called synesthesia. I, my mirror neurons translate everything differently than what I would normally experience. So everything for me is in color. Um, I experienced different vibrations and color. And over the years, I thought that was normal until I came here and I had some really great uh, coaching and, and just conversations. People were like, uh, that's not normal. People don't always just see everything in color. 
And so I started to really dig deeper in understanding what that meant and how I can use that. And in the end, it, it turned out that I realized that the colors around different things, people, places, even letters, numbers, depending on how they're being used, um, the, the color changes according to the emotional state, to the energy that's surrounded by it. And so I got really curious to see how that gift relates to emotional and emotions in general. And I found out that certain colors are related to the same or similar frequencies of different emotional states of being. And so uh, over time, I noticed that when I tune in with people, I've seen different colors everywhere. Uh, sometimes colors that don't quite fit in that particular area according to the chakras. And so I could tell that there's some something trapped there. And then I learned about the spiritual understanding of emotions as well as what is um, epigenetics, generational trauma, trapped emotions. And what that pretty much means is that um, a baby already can feel emotions at around six months in the womb. Uh, most researchers say before that and already that emotional energy from the mother, from the surrounding, from the father is almost like a, a loose energy ball within the baby. And as soon as the baby takes its first breath outside, all this is being locked into the DNA. And so it changes and alters DNA and genes. Uh, and then what happens over time, um, because there's trauma that has been passed down from generation to generation, especially if a mother is, well, let's just use an example. A mother has, has been dealing with anxiety for most of her life, maybe her mother as well. And now the baby is very prone to experiencing anxiety and depression as well, because it has never been dealt with. That energy that was already trapped within the mom has now been passed down to the child. And depending on how the child is going to grow up and how the parents teach the child to deal with emotion, they will have a similar experience as well as a similar reaction to that emotional experience. So that is a generational trauma, which goes also, also back to history. Uh, for example, for me is the Nazi history, because that never let me really go energetically being a German. We were always like, if, when people hear of Germans, the first thing that comes to mind is Nazi <laughs> uh, most of the time. And that is a trauma that has been stuck to us for many, many generations. The same goes with slavery, um, oppression. This is trauma that keeps going. And then within our own personal lifetime, we have events, especially as children. When you're a young child and you don't really know what's going on in the world, everything can be pretty much a trauma from a screaming parent to a hitting parent, to um, feeling lost at school or being laughed at, being bullied. That is all trauma. And most of us have been taught that you can't show up a certain way. You have to, to express certain emotions in a certain way because we have labeled emotions and put them in, in a box that that is considered as normal. And if you don't respond within that normal uh, labeling of the boxes, you need medication. There's something wrong with you. And so um, 
that trauma most of the time, the experience, which wouldn't really be that bad if we were to, able to express how we feel about that in our own way. Uh, but because we are not allowed to, even as children, from a social perspective, we just kind of, um, it's like you're, you're bottling up a bottle like at some point it's just filling up with all of the crap and um we know that because it's specific energies it attaches to certain organs so for example anger is often related to the liver they operate on similar frequencies uh, kidneys are often related to worry um, and concern about the future and loved ones so if you have if you have had that experience in your life that you worry about your parents or your parents got divorced, um, a lot of times you can feel those trapped emotions in your kidney and those people often end up with kidney problems, uh, kidney stones and just in general kidney pain. So that is what we uh, consider as a trapped emotion because of the energetic perspective. Um, everything is energy like you, uh, like we said earlier and if an emotion is energy and it resonates with a certain energy within your body, it just stays there unless you become consciously aware of it. Okay. So that last note was very important that unless you become consciously aware. So I have several yeah. questions for you. What you shared is like the history of like your, your German background and the culture and, and those trapped emotions. And so and even a baby in the womb and then coming out, it's that we're a sponge and, and potentially we can be, quote, conditioned by our environment, but not that we are a victim to our environment. I think it's, are you just saying like that energy, I, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about all the time and many yeah. others, but energy is never created nor destroyed. So thoughts that have been made, experiences from history hundreds of years ago are still traveling around. So yes. is it just this whole point of clearing the emotions and letting go of the old stories and, and kind of wiping the slate clean? Uh, pretty much. Um, what happens if you just um, would imagine it with as a picture. So let's say you have, you come to me because you always have stomach issues. And you say, okay, this, no doctor can find anything. I just seem to always have some cramping and, and just pain going on. And But physically, I'm fine. Is there something going on emotionally? And what I usually work with, um, for one, everyone can test themselves. If you know muscle testing, you can test yourself. Is there a trapped emotion within my stomach? Um, if it's a yes, how many are there? Like you can ask, are there more than five, more than 10? Um, sometimes the really deep ones, the heavy ones that we hold on to for whatever reason, that, that are the ones that we need help with because those are very strong energies. And sometimes when we let go of those, um, a whole lot of energy fields within your body shift suddenly and you don't know what to do with that. It's just very confusing. Um, and so what you can envision that everything goes in and out, right? You know, the, the bioelectromagnetic field that's around and that's how your your energy field is uh, flowing as well. So if an emotion is, let's see it in color. Let's say you have an emotion that shows up within the blue color. Um, if you were to scan yourself, you would say, okay, there is a, is a blue around the stomach. Just imagine. I don't know if that's true, but just imagine it. Just just think about it as. You just took um, you just took in some kind of liquid that turns that specific energy into a color, so you can recognize it better. 
Um, once we do that, we suddenly see maybe a blue blob within your stomach. And we go, okay, there, that's where it's located. And then when we move energy, if it's through um, um, energy healing, through our own um, consciousness and setting the intention to know, okay, I'm moving this out, or through the help with someone else, you start to see this blob of blue um, kind of dissolving, or not necessarily dissolving, but um, it's no longer in a blob, but it might just kind of um, start to flow. And so it's flowing out of you. And eventually you just, you, you can almost, um, if you see it energetically, you would probably see how this energy is just flowing through you and then out. Um, yeah, it's, so it's, that's how you release it. Something you shared earlier, are you talking about when you can see colors, are you talking about people's aura? No. I cannot see that. I have been trying to and I've been practicing and I cannot, but I came to the conclusion that if I were to, I, it would interfere with the gift that I have. Um, for me, most of the time, the most dominant color shows up around the heart center because it's the strongest vibration. Mm. And often that um, leads me to a intuitive message. So um, if someone said, hey, would you mind tuning in with me? What is the color that you see dominantly? Um, I usually focus on the heart area because that is connected to the soul. And often there is a message from the soul that for whatever reason, we can't consciously fathom or just can't uh, get to it. And so I help them understand um, that part of it. Uh, if I were to really tune in, I can see different colors around your body, within your body. Like what I said with um, the trapped emotions, I can usually see that. Um, but I can also focus on the collective energy, just setting the attention, okay, what is the collective energy of a group and what, how does it show up for me in color? And then I just see that the, the collective in color even though the, the individuals of that collective show different energy fields or different colors. I want to bring this up energy because, you know, we all do have our own different gifts, but I'm sure that even if people don't quite understand or haven't experienced how you see color, you know what it's like when you walk into a room and it just feels eerie. That's yes. energy, right? Or when you walk yes. into a room and like somebody is just their energy just exudes this confidence and like a ray of sunshine and you're just magnetically attracted to them. That's also energy. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And I'm curious, is this something obviously you can do in person being located, with, but have you ever done it over the screen? Like, can you do, can you? Do yes. You I that? only do it. I, I don't have an office because for when I have a small child and I've been doing that for so many years and that was just, I was always curious, is it possible to do the same work uh, through, let's say, Skype or Zoom as yeah. I could do it in person? And I even found it easier because people tend to relax more in their own home. Mm -hmm. And because the energy, there is no limited time and distance, as we know. Uh, so it's not, for me, it's so strong that for me, distance, there, there's just no distance there. So I can do that remotely. That's awesome. Quite the gift. Okay, so then question for you, what does it mean to operate from trust and surrender? Because I believe, I, I try to think of it, I'm very visual, that a lot of people, it's like they're living with their fists closed, they're stressed, they're trying to control their, this is how, you know, yes. but if they could just let go and open up and allow 
What does it mean to come from a place of trust and surrender? To me, coming from a place of trust and surrender is to understand whenever I operate from within social expectations or expectations of a group that I feel related to or that I feel um, I resonate with. So, for example, um, entrepreneurs, for example. Uh, there are certain standards that standards that we we have like this is what you have to accomplish to be successful. This is how much money you have to make to be considered an influencer or whatever. And for me, trusting and surrendering is to step away from all of that and create my own path. So if that means that I'm supposed to that I that I really feel and, and get this vision of doing something that is totally outside of my comfort zone, something that I've never done before. But something where I don't know how much money I will make with that. It may even cost me a bunch of money, like our upcoming documentary. I just do it. And I just say, okay, I'm surrendering to this project. If this is supposed to be what I'm supposed to do now, uh, then you just have to provide. I just talk to my spirit guides and to God. And I'm like, well, there we go. If you want me to do that, then you better provide. And it usually happens. But it doesn't align with the with the... Oh, common standards that we hear everywhere. This is how you are supposed to show up. This is how you're supposed to do things. This is how, what you're supposed to have. That doesn't align with me. That creates total anxiety for me. If I step away from that um, and I just trust my path and those are the lessons that I have to learn toward an, an complete understanding of oneness with a divine force, then this is what I'm going to do. And that takes a lot of trust. Well, you, you speak my language because I, what I used to call, cause I, I come from a corporate ba- background. I did what I'm quote supposed to do. I you know, go to college, get a degree, get a job, climb the ladder and then retire and die. And I just refer to that as a boring ass box. And intuitively I felt, I mean, I had a pull for years that I wasn't meant to be doing that. I felt like a hamster on a wheel and, and, and I just, I hated it. I, I felt miserable. And it wasn't until finally I took a huge leap of faith, trust. I trusted that pull that I would be guided. I quit corporate. I had no plan, didn't know what I was going to do and ended up with a six figure payout because the company had IPO'd like a month prior. I didn't think nice. that meant any value for me, <laughs> but I think the point in that is to not live in that boring ass box, to step outside of it, to trust and surrender, to follow the nudges that you will always be taken care of. Yes. And that's why you can survive times like these with a a virus that creates so much fear because you just trust. I think what trust does too is you're not afraid of what you could lose through whatever you're supposed to do. I think a lot of people um, operate even within the entrepreneur mindset Um, what is it that I could lose if I don't accomplish this? And often it's about reputation. It's about a certain picture that we have created of ourselves. Or even just if I don't create that, I'm not considered successful. If I don't create that, people won't see me. And that's just so much. When you trust, you are no longer afraid of what you could lose in the process. You just go for it and you just look at okay what is mine what is for me what it is for what is it that that is for me in this very moment and not for anyone else and 
that took me a while because for one, I had to find myself or I found myself in a new culture that I wanted to feel accepted in. I wanted to be acknowledged for just being here and, and showing up. And it it really wore me out to the to the point of burnout where I noticed if I continue this. I only live my life for others, but not what I am supposed to do and what I'm called to do. And that doesn't mean that anyone has to suddenly quit their job uh, because we say so, follow your own path. If that is your path and you really can align with the, the work that you do and the company that you work for, hey, go for it. Like if that is your path, then don't listen to anyone else. You know, If you love corporate life for whatever reason, Maybe it is something where you feel driven, something that you know you are supposed to do within that environment. Go for it. And that is about trust. Don't listen to what others deem as normal, as acceptable, and just walk your path as long as it's aligned with love and compassion. If it includes anything that would... um, uh, d- divide, you know, anything that would would outcast certain groups of people or anything that would, I don't know, you know, that is not aligned with love, then it probably is not your path. <laughs> you don't have to trust that if it's in some way divisive or hate hateful toward something, you know. But as long as it's aligned with love and compassion and you really understand that what it is that you're supposed to do is for a greater good, then you don't pay attention or not as much attention to how many courses do I have to create to, to, to own a luxurious home and, and four cars. Um, it really, it took me a while, especially the surrender part, to understand that I'm not the person who even wants any of that. I rather walk three miles than taking a car. It's just me. I maybe growing up in, in Germany, you, you don't really need a car. You get around without it. Um, I, I don't want a big house because I don't want to clean it. And I don't want anyone else to clean my stuff. I'm just very particular about that. <laughs> um, people that will then hire us, I'm like, no, there's nobody coming in my sacred space. Yeah. They disrupt my sacred space. That's why I don't like having visitors over either. If you want to come over, we're sitting in the backyard because this is my sacred space. And for me to accept that and say, I don't need a 3,000 square home. I don't need four cars. That is not my standard of being okay with that and talking openly about it. That took me a lot of trust because then you get the idea right. You're just saying that because you don't get it or you don't make that money. So you need an excuse that you don't even want it. I'm like, that. That's not, that doesn't even make sense from a trust perspective. It's just not something that is important to me or a privilege. The work that I do is solely focused on, on shifting consciousness of bringing people together, of shattering cultural barriers that we have created, helping people understand what's going on in your subconscious mind so that we can create a, a different world moving forward. Um, and that has nothing to do with how big my house is or how many cars I have 
or how much money I have in my bank account because I know I'm always provided for with everything I need every time, every day. So I have one question to end kind of on that. And then I want to move into this whole shifting consciousness. But my question for you is, what advice would you give to somebody that is like, yeah, I mean, I resonate, I relate to this, but I'm so used to following the norms. I wouldn't even know, you know, it's like that whole, they've gotten away from their authenticity or they don't even know what they want. They don't even know what their intuition is. I mean, what advice would you give someone to like get back on track? Find that alignment. Final alignment is observation. Uh, A big, big part of people who have a high level of awareness is they're really good observers, not just of their environment, but especially of themselves. And if you find yourself in this, this feels like a a prison, like I don't even know where to start. Like it just feels so unnatural. The best thing is for one or two weeks to take out a journal and a journal, pretty much everything that you experience from when you wake up in the morning, say, okay, I woke up with this thought about work or, or this person. I don't know if it's going to be important, but I just write it down. Um, write down how, how it felt. Maybe it felt heavy or you started to feel somewhat angry or just ex- explain or just describe how it felt in your body. You don't even have to name the exact emotion. Um, and then let's say you go take a shower and Suddenly you go through an entire scenario of how shitty your day is going to (laughs) go. Write that down. What did that do for you? How did it shift within your body? How did it feel? Where did you feel it? And just really for a week or two, pay very, very close attention. And you will start to understand, okay, this is where I'm not in alignment. I think the people that I'm constantly angry about, I need to create better boundaries with them so that I can be more myself or asking myself the question, why do I feel like I can be myself with that person? Why can I not trust myself with, with my coworker? Why do I always feel they're superior to me? They know more, so I'm not worth as much. And so I try to just squeeze myself through this. Um, those are all self-reflective questions. You can do that on your own. You can do it with someone who can reflect things back to you, which is probably a little easier because then you don't get trapped this easily within your own head. But in general, if you just start there, that is a, it's, it's doable, but it gives you an incredible insight. What's going on within yourself? What are patterns that you create throughout the day? is there something repeating like if you see a specific person do something particular does that trigger you and bring back memories pay attention to those little things just for a week or two and see how how you are shifting your level of observation because the more you observe yourself the more you're capable of observing others and then you start to feel more compassion like oh maybe hey, the the same way I respond to the situation from this perspective might be maybe for them too, and they just react differently to it. You just start to question more. You start to be more curious. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people who are stuck have forgotten how to be like children, to ask questions, to be curious. Why am I doing certain things? Why why am I going to work or why do I go to a job that I really don't like? And it could be as simple as I'm really afraid of losing what I have. This is comfortable. This is what I like. This is what my parents expect of me. 
Uh, this is what society expects of me. And it, it just feels comfortable, you know? And then you just have to ask yourself the, the really honest question, is this how I want this to go moving forward? Or are there little things that I can already change? Maybe it's a different routine in the morning that would already change your day throughout. Um, it's just really about curiosity, asking questions and observation. Yeah. So my key takeaways from what you said is you say observing. I also think of it as being aware. So being aware of your thoughts, being aware of your triggers and aware of your patterns and curiosity. I a hundred percent agree. And, and I think it's, it's hard at first, but to let go of judgment. So instead of judging yourself and judging others, step back and just be curious. And, Oh, the final note on that is to not attach meaning to your thoughts This is something that I'm learning is that you are not your thoughts. So when you have your thought that I'm not worthy, I'm not capable, he doesn't love me, whatever the thought may be, let go of that and observe. And and that's interesting. And let it go. Yep. That's exactly what I said. That's interesting. Is it the truth or am I just making it up? Right. Like, do I have proof that this is really true? And most of the time, especially when it comes to I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy, there is nothing that could prove that. Like you just sit on like, well, no, I, it's just a belief that I have. And if it's a belief, there's this great reassurance that we can shift a belief system. Um, the more we connect to the heart. Well, so can we talk about this, the whole shifting consciousness and beliefs? Because I come from a point, I, not to use the word so much, but I, I believe that beliefs create our foundation. So if you have empowering beliefs, you're going to have a a house of, you know, a very strong house to build from. If you have disempowering beliefs, limiting beliefs, your house will shatter. Right. Well, most people don't even know what are disempowering and what are empowering beliefs uh, because there's just a lot of programming that has been going on within our lives. Um, If it's through school, if it's through the example of parents, this is how it's supposed to go. It just becomes your very normal. Um, However, when you really, like your, your beliefs come from specific programming. So there is, you come into this world, you're being taught a certain way to act, to, to react, to think, um, then you go to school, you're even more programmed. This is how society works. If you want to be part of it, that's better what you do. Uh, then you start college and you become an adult. Well, if you want to be part of this group, you have to be cool. You have to do it a certain way. So there is the, the programming, the innate understanding of how things are supposed to go that determine your beliefs about yourself as well as um, how you want to relate to society, how you want to relate to others. And then it, it those beliefs turn into actions, how you respond, how you react, um, and how you create your life. So I think a lot of people have to become aware first of the programming that they have grown up within. Uh, what is it that I have been taught that really doesn't resonate or is not even close to aligned with Um, the freedom that I want to experience, the love that I want to experience, the way I want to connect with people Uh, and just being aware of it, not even just trying to rebel against it and protest against it and, you know, stand off, (laughs) but just being aware of it gives us a choice. And 
And then does this, this programming actually resonate with me? Does that create connection with myself, with others? Or is it something that just feels really icky? Um, and and that, is a, that is a little bit harder to, to get down to. I think often we're more aware of some thoughts that we have, but most of the disempowering beliefs, we don't think them within our consciousness because they're so from our subconsciousness, from the programming um, that, that is further down buried. Um, I think the one way that I have found, and also with my clients over the last 10 years, is meditation. Um, that's when you really start to separate yourself, your soul from, from that specific programming. Because during meditation, the longer you do it, the more you become, or the more you are in this float state, you know, where you feel like you're floating and you're disconnected from everything that you think identifies who you are. Uh, there is no identification except for identifying with love, with your soul, uh, with a divine connection and and from that place it's easier to just take a step back and just watch okay this is programming that really does resonate with me and this is things that I have learned that just never worked out for me like maybe for some school never was the way to go they really struggled through that that means you bought into a construct you bought into an idea that was set forth by society and you just conformed to it yeah. It's just something to be aware. Well, and to let people know, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion to like really go into subconscious and conscious mind. And But change is possible, but it, it starts from choice. Yes. And choice comes with observation. If you can understand, okay, this, this is what I actually do and I wasn't even aware of it. That's the moment when you can choose. And the more you choose the path that is aligned with your soul, with with anything that is within the energy of love uh the more your body will follow the physical will follow that energetic spiritual understanding of who you are so then question for you what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from this conversation one key takeaway is <laughs> well for one right now it is the perfect time to really take a deeper look at where are we at as a society? Where am I at uh, myself? What are things that I'm so attached to, even life itself, that takes away the freedom, the joy, um, that just created an ideology around my life and it just doesn't resonate on a very deep level. So I think that the key takeaway is that I invite people to, for one, rise at this point. We are made to rise. Um, through honesty with yourself, are really taking a, a brutally honest look at what am I attached to? What have I created an, ide I, an idol of? Mm -hmm. uh, it could be your house, it could be food, it could be your family. Like if, if there is an attachment to how you think things are supposed to go, that is becoming an idol. Um, and then really standing up for for creating a place of community and unity where we can show compassion even to the people that we don't agree with, that we would otherwise consider as I hate them and they suck and they're idiots. But instead of coming from a place of compassion, 
I think that's that's what I really, really want people to understand. The more you focus and the more you become observant of yourself, the more you're capable of showing compassion even to the people that you would otherwise consider as I hate them. It and literally it creates deep connection. It makes connection. me think of like the American coins, divided we fall, united we stand. Right. But we created we, we got that message and we forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, we we've created so much division. So let's come back to unity. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. So then I have a few rapid fire questions for you to wrap up the interview. Okay. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? I'm not very good at remembering quotes. <laughs> I have a really hard time remembering quotes. Um, a motto that I live by is treat everyone with respect. With respect. Um, see everyone as a mirror to yourself. If you can do that, compassion will grow, not just for yourself, but also for others. That's a motto. But yeah, I can't remember quotes. Well, that's I like... I can't remember movie lines, so no worries. Oh, me neither. I can never even remember the authors of the books that I read. <laughs> so um, what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Um, what I'm currently reading? I'm cur- currently reading um, The Living Buddha, Living Christ. That's a good one, um, hmm. if you can see it. Yeah. I don't know how to say his name. T. Not Han, maybe, something. Oh, no. Living Buddha, Living Christ. Um, so far, it's really good. I've got a few. And then it just really talks about how um, certain religious beliefs, especially, I, I think religion is the, the root cause of most of the division that we experience, the wars that are happening within ourselves as well as with others. And it's, it's beautiful how everything is really connected, that there's not one religion that is superior to another um, not one is the absolute truth. It really is the the divine, uh, recognizing the divine within us and that we're all connected. So, so far, I really like it. It's good. Awesome. I'm, I may check that out. I, I'm newer to kind of Buddha, Buddhism and, and um, that thought, but I'm, I'm always open to learning. The more I learn, I grew up Christian, Lutheran, so pretty strict. But the more I learn, the more I feel like I resonate more with Buddhism. Yeah, <laughs> spirituality, yes. Okay, final question. What advice would you give your younger self? My younger self, I think it's the same advice that I always give my son. Always ask yourself every single day what you learned about yourself. That will help you at a very young age already to observe yourself, to create a level of awareness of where you're at and it's, it's something that I have been doing with my son. He's now six. Every night oh. we would ask him, like, what is it that you have learned about yourself? And sometimes it goes pretty deep and pretty incredible. And I think if I would have done that from a very early age, I could have avoided a lot of problems in my life and challenges. That's amazing. A six-year-old is already self-reflecting. So way to go, mom. He's a very old soul. He, I think he's teaching me more than I'm teaching him. <laughs> Well, that's a great note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me for today's interview. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? 
you got it, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode. 